for Children's Church. Kids, as you head to Children's Church, our prayer for you is that you would grow in Jesus and go with him as you learn from him at Kids Church. And as the kids head to Children's Church, if you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Today we're beginning our uh, Lenten series called Break Our Hearts. And maybe you're wondering, what in the world kind of sermon series is this? Who wants to have a broken heart? Anybody here? Um, I, my hope is as we dig into today's word that you would recognize um, that the Lord is calling us to um, have broken hearts for the right things. And this is part of joining in the work of his, of his kingdom. This sermon series that we're going to be kicking off is one that has been in the works for o- over a year. In August of 2022, our elders and go- uh, governing elders and spouses and pastors were all getting together to pray and to ask the Lord for vision. And as we were praying and asking the Lord for vision and brainstorming, um, just saying, Lord, what what would you have for our church for the next five, ten years? Where are you leading us? We have have all these resources. And one of our elders at the time, a guy named Greg Hooker, kept telling us um, this, this principle that he had learned about where, you know, it can be easy to have resources that are beyond um, your vision, but God calls us to have vision that is beyond our resources. And we, we, we were praying this and asking the Lord, and as we started praying together and brainstorming together, we really felt that the Lord was calling us that you need to be a church that is for the valley, that is for Chachilla. And so we launched this long journey of starting to think through what does this look like? This affected the way that we hired, the way that we um, crafted our budget. It also um, affected... Um, uh, we, 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 we did this initiative called the Churches on Mission, which is where we had, we canvassed and interviewed over 100 people from our church and in our community about the opportunity and the needs in our community. And, and this Break Our Hearts series is what we believe to be the next step for our, ch- our church in embracing the call that God has upon us uh, as a church. And I'm really excited about this. As John alluded to, uh, Pastor Doug and John have been working on these uh, pretty thick workbooks that we want you to do that are in uh, line starting today. Uh, there's one every week. There'll be a homework assignment, a, a tool for you to work on that we'll kind of dig in about having hearts that break, and there'll be prayer journals, and, and we're going to start on uh, Valentine's Day. What a great day to start thinking about having heart, hearts breaking. Uh, uh, Valentine's Day is actually the beginning of 40 days uh, leading up to Easter. And so we're going to start on Valentine's Day to have the entire church join in what we're going to call 40 Days of Prayer, where we ask the Lord to join us and and to break our hearts for what breaks his. And uh, a part of that series is we're going to kick off with a a prayer service right here in, uh, in the sanctuary. And so I don't know if you have Valentine's Day plans. We'll have an awesome romantic uh, Italian uh, dinner uh, here, and then we'll come into the sanctuary and we'll pray together. So I would encourage you, there's child care provided, all that kind of stuff, save the date for Valentine's Day 2024 uh, prayer service started here. With all that said, 
I wanted to read to you, with you, today's passage. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. If you could, would you stand with me for the reading of Scripture? says this. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowd heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a crowd, a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, The disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, you may have a seat. Would you pray with me? Lord, we ask God as we continue in worship and we open up your word, God, we believe that your word is so powerful and it has a way of if our hearts are open, if we have a posture that is willing and humble, that you have a way, God, of speaking to each of us exactly where we are. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just come afresh. Spirit of God, I pray that you would fall afresh in this space, that you would illuminate the words that we just read. That you would open up the eyes of our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would break our hearts for the right things, for the things that your heart breaks for. So come, Lord Jesus, come, we pray this. We trust you and we love you. We pray this together in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So this morning, as we dig into this, I have a question for you that I wanna ask, and it's it's really um, a simple question. How is your heart? If you asked me this question last week, about, about four in the afternoon, I would have told you, not so good if you know, my, my 49ers were losing at, at halftime and I was preparing my heart for heartbreak. Um, but thanks be to God, there was a second half and now we have a Super Bowl to look forward to. Um, but, but actually, with regards to this series, as, as, as we ask this question, how's your heart? I really wanna ask you to think about how is your heart towards broken people. When you think about broken people, how's your heart? 
Think about this for a minute. This is really what we're thinking about together for these next eight weeks during this Lenten season, about asking the Lord about what our heart's posture is towards broken people. Now, I don't know about you, but the reality is for me is this, a little confession to you as we think about how our hearts are towards broken people. For me, instead of having a broken heart for broken people, I tend to have a hard heart for hard people. Can I get an amen? No? Just me? I remember back in uh, my, some honesty over here, I love it. Back in um, my youth pastor days, when I was youth pastor of our junior high ministry, we had this group of junior high boys that were coming to uh, youth group. One of my leaders told me that one of those boys was the worst boy in the world that he had ever met. And I remember us constantly, I would, I would be leaving youth group and, and I would be, or preparing for youth group and thinking, I really hope that those kids don't come today. It would be so nice if those kids don't come today. And thinking about that and just recognizing um, that I still have a tendency with hard people, people that are different than me, people that think differently than me, people that make different decisions than me, people that look differently than me, people that vote differently than me, people that are just, can we just be honest, really irritating or really egotistical or just difficult. I have a hard time with hard people and I imagine that I'm not the only person in the room. I have a really hard time with hard people. And as we think about this, there's also this reality that every single one of us, because of our belief that that when Genesis chapter three happened and sin entered the world, that all of us are broken people, that God has a different heart than I have for hard, broken people. And today, as we look at the scriptures, there's this reality that I I think is really important for us to understand, a biblical truth. A biblical truth is, this is not a relative truth. This is not just a, well, this is my truth. This is what we believe the word of God says about God's heart for broken people. And here's the biblical truth. God's heart breaks for the broken. God's heart breaks for the broken. If you read the Old Testament and you start in the very beginning, right in Genesis 3, you see that God's heart breaks for our brokenness, for humanity's brokenness. If you follow through and you look in, in, the, in the story of Exodus, after the people have sinned and they've wandered and, and God, God sees them in Egypt, they're in slavery. It says that God sees them and it says that the Lord has this word, it says, compassion on them. He has compassion on them. This word for compassion, it's not just he feels bad for them. It's not even just empathy, which is that the Lord feels bad with them. Compassion is a word that says he sees something, he feels this this gut-wrenching emotion of seeing the brokenness, and he does something about it. 
And we see this in Exodus when God shows up and he calls Moses and he brings the people um, through his incredible, miraculous providence, brings them out of Egypt. He rescues them and, and guides them in the wilderness. And truly, the entire story of the Old Testament is about God's compassion for humanity. And how he has a heart that sees us in our brokenness and does something about it. The most famous verse in the Bible, I know we would say, oh, it's John 3, 16, but if you actually looked at the verse that is quoted the most times in the Bible, by the Bible, is a passage in Exodus. It's a passage when God shows up for the first time, personally, to the people of God, to, to Moses, to, to reveal his personal name, Yahweh. And in this moment, it's a burning bush moment that Moses has, God describes himself. God tells us in, in his word exactly who he is. It says this. It says, he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming this, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, the personal name of God, the compassionate and gracious God. The compassionate and gracious God. This word, compassionate. There's a, a Hebrew word here. I'm gonna try my best to Pronounce it, it is rechamim. Rechamim. This word here, rechamim, is, is this word for compassion in the Hebrew Bible. Whenever you see compassion, or actually in some translations, you'll see the word mercy. This word is a word that relates to a mother's womb. It relates to a mother's womb, to the, to the love and the care that, that a mother has for her child from inception. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, God, God tells us about his heart. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. The same word for compassion, if you remember the story of Solomon and his wisdom, there's these two mothers that are having this, this that are dealing with this um, discussion over, there's, they both have a child and one of the babies has died and, and they're both saying that the baby that is alive is theirs. And Solomon in his wisdom says, okay, here's what we'll do. Since you guys won't decide whose baby's whose, he says, we're just gonna take the live baby and we're going to cut the baby in half and we'll give half the baby to one and half the baby to the other. And the mother whose, whose child is not his, hers says, okay, fine. But the mother who has the child says no. She has rechamim. She has compassion. She says, just give the child to the other mother because of her compassion. This is the heart of God. And as Christians, this same compassion we believe is in Christ our Lord because we believe that Jesus is God. In Matthew 23, 37, when Christ is talking about his heart for the people, uh, uh, the Israelites, it says, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. 
As it says in the Apostles' Creed, our, our confession, we believe that, that, that in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. So part of our Christian faith, we believe in the Trinity. We believe that Jesus is fully God. So if the, if the heart of God is compassion, if God's heart <clears throat> breaks for the broken, we believe that Jesus, being fully God, fully man, his heart is God's heart. And so we see this here. And so in these first couple verses, when, when we read in Matthew chapter 14, it says this, it says, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from a boat to a desolate place. What he had just heard was that John the Baptist was killed, beheaded. And most likely, he was now on the road, on the run, getting ready to start his ministry. <clears throat> but when the crowds heard this, it says they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had, there's that word, compassion on them. Now, interestingly enough, this word for compassion is an even deeper compassion. The word in compassion in the Old Testament, the Greek word there is oiktermon. But this word, it's a really fun word, is a word that says, it, it goes like this, it's splank nizomai. Splank nizomai. Say that to the person next to you. Splank nizomai. <laughs> and, and this word that, it, that we learn that Jesus had for the crowd as he looks at the crowd, most likely a bunch of people that were disruptive, most likely people that are, that there's lepers that, are, that you're not supposed to touch, there's, there's people that are blind that can't see, there's, there's people that are asking for healing, there's, there's so many poor, broken people all coming to Jesus. And Jesus sees them, and the disciples mostly see them as more of an interruption, and truly a disruption. But Jesus sees them and it says he has spleklitzomai. This word is, is a word for a gut-wrenching feeling. It's like when your stomach turns upside down because you hurt so much for this pain and this brokenness. This is what Christ feels for the broken. You've probably felt this before. You probably felt this before when you see some of the, the terror or just some of the stories that we hear because of the brokenness of our world. And Jesus, his heart breaks. His gut turns upside down as he sees humanity and sees our brokenness. And as we read this story, it says he went to shore, he sees them, and he has this compassion on them. And notice what he does with this compassion. It says he healed their sick. He does something about the, the pain. He does something about the problem. This is part of what compassion is. But what I, found, what I find so fascinating as we read this, as followers of Jesus is that as Christ is leading this crowd and he sees all this pain, and as his heart breaks for the broken, I think, yeah, go Jesus, you're awesome. Notice here, the first thing we can learn for us today is this. Christ calls us, 
followers of Jesus to have hearts that break for what God's heart breaks for. Christ calls us to practice compassion together in the same way that he practiced compassion. Look at what it says in verses 15 and 16. Now it was evening and the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. The disciples are trying to, everyone's hungry. Look at all these interruptions. We're getting hungry, Jesus. Can we just send them away? We're, we'll get after this tomorrow. And look at what Jesus says. He says, Jesus says, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. Now imagine here. Imagine here what the disciples are thinking. We know later on that it tells us that there were 5,000 men. That's not even counting the women and the children. So most likely, a conservative guess is that this is seven to, to 12,000 people, all sitting around, all hungry, they're in a desolate place, and Jesus tells his disciples, out of his compassion, he says, all right, you're my followers, you go feed them. Now remember, the disciples, they've dropped everything. All they got is the stuff that they're wearing in their bag, and Jesus tells them, you give them something to eat. And I don't know about you, but as I read this and I think about this, I can't help but try to put myself in the disciples' shoes, or as I think about the brokenness in our world, and I think about the compassion sometimes that I find myself feeling, and then just the hopelessness that I find in thinking about how I can share the good news, how I can help with the pain, I can't help but feel a little overwhelmed. I imagine this is what's happening here with the disciples. And as he tells them to feed them, I imagine he wanted them to feel the pain of the crowd. And they're probably irritated, they're probably annoyed by the disruption, but I truly believe here that this is a picture, I believe, of God's call to us to join in the work of compassion the work of loving our neighbors, the work of, of, of being kind and, 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 and loving our neighbors as, as, as God has loved us. This week at our reading plan, we read in Psalm chapter 34, it talks about, it says, come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good and seek peace. This peace here, we've talked about this before. This is shalom. This word is more than just feel good. It's about bringing peace, it's about bringing order, it's about, it's, it's about responding in mercy. We are called to be a people that join in the compassion of God for a broken world. In Luke 6, 36, as Christ is talking to his disciples, he says, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. This word merciful is actually the same word used in the Old Testament when God describes himself as compassionate. It's saying God's heart breaks for the broken, and if you love God, if you follow Jesus, as Simon said, if we say I follow the Jesus way, you need to have a heart that also breaks for the broken. 
We need to be, have a people that have a heart that breaks for the broken. I, Charles Spurgeon did an incredible sermon on this passage. Got to read through that just this week. He said this about our call to compassion. He says, if you ask me where was God on earth, I point the man, I point to the man Christ Jesus. If you ask me where is Christ on earth, I point you to his faithful church, called by his spirit. As Christ was the world's hope, so is the church the world's hope. And she must take up the charge as if there were not another. Instead of sending some to, his, to this town and some to that, she must hear the master say, give ye them to eat. Your master asks of you, Christian, practical, personal service. And your Christianity is worth nothing unless it makes you heed his word. Give ye them to eat. Unless it makes you as individual members and as a united body to God's work for the world's sake and for Jesus Christ's sake. Do you feel this? You feel this call from Christ himself to us, the church, his people here in 2024 to be a people who practice compassion together. Who think about, Lord, I, I pray that you would help my heart to break for the things that your heart, heart breaks for and that is broken people. And so as we think about this together, as we start on this journey together, I would encourage you, this is your fill in the blank. I only make you write in three things today and there are three actions. And the first thing I would like you to write in today is this, I commit to practice compassion. I commit, I love making a declaration of what I commit to. Because we live in a time that's just not very committed. And the, the church needs to be a place of people who are committed to practicing compassion. In your workbooks this week, your, your, your most of your assignment this week in your workbooks as we think about having hearts that break for what God's heart break, breaks for is to actually sign a covenant. To think about the things that God calls us to do and sign your name and say I'm going to commit to practice compassion. And this is gonna be what we believe to be just one step, one degree at a time. I'm not telling you that tomorrow I need you to be Billy Graham. I'm not telling you that you need to go get on a soapbox at Save Mart and start. Uh, what I am telling you is that we believe that God has called each of us as followers of Christ to start praying for the broken. And start asking the Lord because we believe that he's real, we believe that Christ is king and that he's reigning in our hearts and that he will lead us and calling us to have compassion for the broken. And you know, one thing we can really learn from, if you're a little overwhelmed by this, is I believe that this is one of the incredible highlights or passions of the next generation. Of Generation Z and, and, and the Alpha generation, we, we, can, we, can, we can talk a lot about all the problems we have, but I can tell you what I see in our teenagers and our children and our youth is a heart for compassion. 
is a heart that people want to be a part of making a difference, of, of, of seeking the peace, of, of being the hands and feet. And we can actually learn a lot. Just at the, at the end of this series, there's going to be our, our weekly, our, our yearly spring break mission trip that guess who leads it? Our youth. That's all about the people of God being on mission in Chowchilla. All about the people of God joining. And my prayer as we think about the Chowchilla Project uh, next, in a couple months here, leading up to Easter, is that we wouldn't just say, all right, that's what the youth do. The youth do the mission trips. That we would say, no, this is what we do. We practice compassion together. So sign me up for, and then we sign up for whatever it is. Let's be a people that practice compassion together. Let's commit today to this. I commit to practice compassion. And maybe as you write that, you're a little overwhelmed by that and you're a little like, I'll write that down. Or maybe you didn't even write it down because you don't really want to commit. Talk to me afterwards. As you feel that, I hope you feel a, an overwhelming um, soberness to it all. I feel it. I've been feeling even just this week as we've been preparing for this series, thinking, God, I, I think you've called us into this. I think you called our church to take another step outside of our walls and into our community, outside of the comfort zone and out of, out of our homes and into the workplace to bring the gospel out. I think this is true, but there's some, some cynicism in me. There's some of my own flesh that's thinking, man, I hope this doesn't flat, fall flat on, on its face. And what I love about this passage is that we're reminded, yes, Christ calls us to join this and to have a heart that breaks for what his heart breaks for, but don't miss this incredible truth. Christ calls us to depend upon him as we practice compassion together. He's not calling us to be social justice warriors all by ourselves and to go and make a difference all by ourselves. We need to depend upon Jesus the King as we practice compassion together. This is what it means to be a gospel-centered church. To let the gospel move us, the truth of who Jesus is, move us. Look at verses 17 and 18. The disciples come to Jesus, they say, Jesus, we have only five loaves here and two fish. I don't know how we're gonna break up these five loaves and two fish into 10,000 pieces. This is like COVID communion. You remember those little COVID pieces? We have this itty bitty little, he had like a microscope. This, he's like saying, all right, but we'll bring them to you, Jesus. I love here because what the disciples do is they, they, they bring what they have. Jesus says, you go and you bring what you have. And they go and they bring. And uh, the other gospels tell us they get this from a young boy who has a lunch. And they bring what they have. And it's just this, this measly, human, really, it's, it's really nothing. And they bring it to Christ. And Jesus just says, bring it to me. He says, bring it to me. And I feel like this is so key for us to recognize here as we think about what it means as a church to practice compassion together. As we think about as a church, Lord, how do I have a heart that breaks for what breaks yours? We need to pray, Lord, I give you my heart. And to me, the most important thing, before we even think about the things that we must do, the, the movements that we must join in, 
we must commit to prayer. This is why the center point of this series that we're doing is 40 days of prayer. Because I truly believe that if all of us together, I get excited thinking about looking out at all of you and thinking about your families and thinking about your workplaces and thinking about all the, all the places that are represented in this room and those that are watching online. And if we all together for 40 days just started praying to God and just saying, Lord, I'm just gonna have a heart that's open for you to break my heart. And I'm just gonna start praying for people. And I'm not just gonna pray like, Lord, I pray for broken people. I'm gonna pray for people by name. I'm gonna pray for people by name, for family members and coworkers. Those hard people that I don't wanna see, I'm gonna start praying for them, and as we sing, I'm gonna bless them. Those difficult people, those people that, that drive me crazy, those people that I interact with, those people that slander me, I'm gonna start praying for them. And I'm gonna do this for 40 days. Anticipate Easter, and we're gonna do this together. And so I would say your next commitment after you commit to practice compassion, here's the best way you can practice compassion. I commit to pray for compassion. I commit to bring my fish and my loaves to Jesus and to ask the Lord, would you help me today? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go coach a bunch of little leaguers. Lord, would you help me to have compassion for these little guys? Or more importantly, for their parents. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work with with these coworkers, Lord, would you help me to have compassion? I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna see kids in my classroom and, and they're gonna be mean to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Lord, would you give me compassion for them? Lord, would you have my heart break for what your heart breaks for? Would you help me to see them? Let's pray for this. Let's show up here on Valentine's Day instead of letting it be the day when we go out. Let, let's all come here. Let's all make it a point to come here and let's all pray together. Picture what this could do. Let's have a heart that prays for compassion. But as we look at this, and as we think about this, as I look at this text and I think about having hearts that break, and thinking about practicing compassion together and wanting to be a people that truly embrace the call from Jesus to Love others as he has loved us. There's an incredibly important truth that we must not miss here. There's an incredible reminder here at the end. And it's this. This is what it means to be a gospel-centered church. Yes, Christ calls us to have hearts that break for what God's heart breaks for. Christ calls us to depend upon him as we practice compassion. But hear this church. Only Christ can satisfy broken hearts. You cannot satisfy broken hearts. And church, nothing besides Jesus can satisfy your broken heart. The incredible gift of compassion and of the gospel is that I have a broken heart is that I still struggle with my flesh and I still have times when my own ego and my own pride gets in the way and I recognize that it is the very grace of God and the presence of Christ in me that satisfies my brokenness and I believe satisfies yours. And that's why I love in God's providence that we get to start this series on Communion Sunday. On the day every month when we are reminded of the center point 
of what it means to follow Jesus, which is receiving. Which is not about doing, it's about receiving out of the abundance of what Christ has done for us. Look at this text here. It says that the disciples, they bring the fish to Jesus. They bring the, the bread to Jesus, and look at what happens here. It says, he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Basically, Jesus is like, you know what? We're gonna have a giant picnic. And there's this order to them all, and it says that taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. And then he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. It continues on and says, and they all ate and they were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over and those who ate were about 5,000 men and women. And they all ate and were satisfied. You see this here. I love here the picture of the disciples and the crowd. Notice here, it doesn't say, and the crowd ate and they were satisfied. It says they all ate and were satisfied. Hear this, church. Our compassion, the compassion that Christ calls us to have must flow of the compassion that he has for you. And we must be a people that eat of his compassion or should I say his passion. And this is what we believe. We believe that out of his compassion, Christ, he sees us in our brokenness, he comes, lives the perfect life, dies on the cross for our sins, in his death, takes on all of our brokenness and gives us his righteousness, imputed on us. And as he is resurrected, he, he gives us new life and he changes our hearts. He changes us. And so as you think about this question I started with, this question of how's your heart? It seems to me that we need to be a people that commit to partake in Christ's compassion. As you prepare to take communion, that you would think about your own brokenness, that you would think about your own need for Christ, and that you would eat of the bread, and that you would drink of the cup, and that you would believe that Jesus is alive today, and that he's ruling and he's reigning in our hearts as we strive to share his good news with the world. And so I challenge you. Preach that gospel to yourself. Preach that, that grace to yourself. And so the question is, how's your heart? And what I have found, as I preach the gospel to myself, my, my, my belief, my faith says that instead of having a hard heart for hard people, Christ is giving us broken hearts for broken people. This is the work of sanctification, the work of Christ in us.
that yes, our default is to have hard hearts for hard people, but Jesus gives us broken hearts for broken people. Remember I opened talking about, back in my youth pastor days, there was this group of boys that came every week. And there was one Wednesday in particular that I remember. They were driving me crazy. I was actually thinking about pulling them aside and being like, you know what, you guys just need to go. And we were doing this activity called Cross the Line. There was this activity where we had a line in the middle of the, of the youth room and all the kids would be on one side and we would say, hey, if you've ever gone through this, I'd like you to cross the line. And we'd start off with really simple things. If you've ever gotten in trouble with class, cross the line, everybody crosses the line. If you've ever been bullied, cross the line, everybody crosses the line. And I said, um, if you've ever been, um, felt horrible about yourself or depressed, cross the line. And I see all these boys that have been driving me crazy walk and cross the line. And then I say, if you've ever harmed yourself, cross the line. And I see all these boys that have been driving me crazy cross the line. I say, if you've ever been abused or hurt, I see these children cross the line. If you've ever thought about taking your own life, cross the line. And we see these, these kids that are so broken, starting to have this moment of honesty, and I learned so much from them that day, and I also, my heart started to break for them. And I believe that the problem for many of us is the reason why we, we tend to have hard hearts for hard people is because we don't just get to know them. Is that truly every person is, a, is an image bearer of God and when people are hard, most likely it's because they've been through really hard, broken things. And if we get to know them, our hearts are going to actually start to break for those people and we're gonna start praying that the Lord would have compassion and that, he would, that we would be able to share the incredible grace that God's given us. And this is my prayer for us, is that we would start to get out and to get to know people and start put ourselves in places that are broken and that are hard because we believe that Christ is changing our hearts from hard hearts for hard people to broken hearts for broken people. We're gonna sing a song at the end of today's service. It's an old song back from my youth pastor day. It's called Hosanna. But there's this one line in the song that says, heal my heart and make it clean. It says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom come. And as I walk from earth into eternity. This is my prayer for us, is that we would see the compassion of God, we would receive the incredible heart of God for us, and that we would step out and have hearts that break for what his heart breaks for, and that you would have the courage to take a little step, just one degree at a time, to have your heart breaks for what Christ's heart breaks for. Let's pray together.